You know, you know I'm a shy person. <laughs> Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for all the birthday wishes, the prayer, and everything. Hallelujah. <laughs> hey. God is good. And all the time. Amen. But thank you all very much. And um, all the conspirators who organize any conspiracy for me, for my celebration, may God reward you all. I, I really appreciate this gesture. And I don't take it for granted. Thank you all very much. But we would quickly get into the word of God. Amen. Please lift up your hand with me. Um, look, look at me for a minute. I, I had a dream on Thursday to Friday morning. Uh, I'm still trying to decode what it is all about. But I just want us to pray a prayer. And I want you to pray this short prayer. But pray it meaningfully. Lift up your hand. Say, Father. Lift up your voice and say, Father. In the name of Jesus. Every assignment of hell against my life, my family, the people around me, your purpose for my life. Say, as I pray, in the name of Jesus, I command it, be broken. I bind the assignment of hell, the assignment of death, premature death. Be bound right now. Come out in the name of Jesus Christ. Lift up your voice and pray this prayer. Just pray it briefly in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and talk to God. Commit the people around you. Commit your life into God's hands. Commit your purpose, your assignment into the hands of God that it shall be well with you. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice. Open your mouth and talk to God. Yes, open your mouth and talk to God. Open your mouth and talk to God. That God will deal kindly with us. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that we will live to fulfill purpose. We will live to fulfill our assignment in the name of Jesus Christ. Anything assigned to cut off destinies, to cut off lives, to disintegrate families, in the name of Jesus, we pray that it shall not stand. Every demonic attack, witchcraft attack, satanic attacks, in the name of Jesus, we pray and we cancel it by the blood of Jesus. We speak that our heavens will open. We speak and we prophesy long life. We prophesy good health. We speak your glory. We speak your hand. We speak increase on every side. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray the Lord, Lord, in the name of Jesus, the years ahead, the days ahead, the months ahead, there shall be no regrets in the name of Jesus Christ. There shall be no regrets whatsoever. The enemy will not prevail. The lot of the wicked shall not rest upon the righteous. But your name forever will be glorified. We thank you Father. We give you praise and glory in Jesus name. Father thank you for blessing us in Jesus name. Somebody clap your hands and say amen. Alright, take out your Bible. Lift up your Bible with me, please. Lift up your Bible. Lift up your Bible. We have a few minutes. Um, I think the, the people doing the breast cancer, are they around? Alright. I hear they would have something to say before. Is that correct? Alright. So we will do that after, after, the, after the preaching. Lift up your Bible with me, please. Say, this is my Bible. 
If you don't say it, it means the Bible is not yours. Say, this is my Bible. It is the word of God. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am not a hearer only. I'm a doer of the word. Wave your Bible and say a big amen. Let me hear your amen louder. Let me hear that amen again. God bless you. Please be seated. And let's turn our Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 3 and 4. Glory to Jesus. All right. No, please. Okay. Um, Okay. Yeah. King James Version is good. It says, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as fitting for saints. Verse 4. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting which are not fitting other versions is not convenient or unseemly but rather giving of thanks somebody say amen oh your amen this morning let me hear your amen again so today and the next week i'm going to digress a little just a little bit from our theme for the month which is on raising godly children and i'll be speaking on the tongue everybody say the tongue oh let me hear you this morning say the tongue amen if you don't say if you don't open your mouth when if i decide to do party i will invite you yeah, because when you come you come and close your mouth me i want people who open their mouth so tell somebody open your mouth <laughs> all right but our tongue gets us into trouble in different ways in different different ways the verse 4 the bible talks about says that neither filthiness nor foolish talking and so the tongue is used or the tongue has brought so many people into a lot of problems a lot of troubles in different ways i'm going to mention just four ways by which the tongue brings people into different troubles number one is through gossip through gossip if you're writing write it down gossip so what is gossip gossip is a casual or unconstrained conversation or report about other people typically involving details that are not confirmed to being true so let me repeat that again gossip is a casual or an unconstrained conversation or a report about other people involving details that you cannot confirm to be true that is what gossip is about amen number two is lying the second way by which our tongue gets us into trouble is lying lying is simply defined as not telling the truth one can cry with the truck and it brings people into trouble number three is slander slander s-l-a-n-d-e-r 
and is defined as the action or crime of making a false spoken statement or damaging a person's reputation when you speak or you make false statements about somebody or you speak to damage somebody's reputation hey that's slanderous you damage people's reputation and it brings people into trouble and the fourth one is jesting jesting is defined as jesting is spelled as j-e-s-t-i-n-g it's the same word used for joking jokes also brings people into trouble and it's defined as the action of saying or doing something just for fun when you say things for fun and it hurts people it brings people into trouble so when the bible talks about foolish talking in ephesians chapter 5 verse 4 foolish talking refers to some of these four things we have mentioned in this place now one of the things every christian is supposed to do is to learn how to tame his or her tongue Look at your neighbor and tell the person, tame your tongue. Uh, catch your neighbor and say, God wants you to tame your tongue. Uh, or if you don't like tame, control your tongue. Tell somebody to control your tongue. Amen. So what does the Bible say about the tongue? Let's look at what the Bible says about the tongue or our tongues. And I'm going to read quite a lengthy scripture. From the book of James chapter 3, verse 1, downwards. But one of the things you must understand is that the tongue can produce a living hell or produce a living heaven on earth. Your tongue, our tongues, it can produce hell on earth. Or your tongue or my tongue can produce heaven on earth. May your tongue produce heaven for you. One comment. I said, may your tongue produce heaven on this earth for your life. And may your tongue also produce heaven for others around you. Somebody say amen. But in James chapter 3 verse 1, the Bible says, My brethren, be not masters, knowing that we shall give, we shall receive the greater condemnation. Verse 2. For in many things we offend all. If a man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. And able also to bridle the whole body. Now, if you are holding a written Bible, underline the word bridle the whole body. Verse 3. Behold, we put bits. Media team, can you Google what? The, um, show me the picture of bits. Bits. The one they put in horse's mouth bits google it let's see it i have the pictures here i forgot to send it to them but we put bits in horses mouth that they may obey us and we turn them about the and we turn about their whole body so you see a bit is that metal thing they put in the mouth of the horse have you seen that thing before all right you see the horse is a very huge animal but the whole body and action of the horse is controlled by that small metal in its mouth. 
So you sit on it. You are able to turn the horse to go left, to go right, to go anyhow. You can make it go fast or slow depending on how you manipulate the bits in its mouth. And James is telling us that we put bits in horses' mouth that we may that they may obey us and we may turn their whole body around. Verse 4 says, when you get a, okay, so these are bits. You see the mouth of the horse. So that is, that is what the Bible is talking about. Verse 4. Behold, also the ship which through, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet are, they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listed or the governor wants. Now, show me the helm, Google for me the helm or the thing that the captain uses to control the whole ship. So you see the size of the ship. There are ships that are far bigger. Some of them are about three times bigger than this building. Ships are huge. There are ships that can take 5,000, 7,000 people. Some of the ships, they have with them cars. Some of them have helipads. They have a whole football park on ships and so on and so forth. But the big ship, the huge ship is controlled by a certain small instrument which the Bible refers to as a helm. And that is what drives the whole ship. Isn't it amazing? Look at verse 5. When you get it, let me know. Verse 5. It says, Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts of great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. So the Bible says that just as the, 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 the bits in the mouth of the horse and the helm that controls the ship, so is it that the tongue is a little member of your body. Look at your head. And look at your tongue. You see how small your tongue is? Oh, I'm talking to me, church. Do you see how your, small your tongue is? However, this tongue, it boasts of great things. Yes, so, oh, no, this, this is not even it. It is the one the, the, the captain controls. It is very small. That one is inside, all right. It looks like this one, but it is not this one. Alright? Now, so the Bible is saying that this tongue that is so small in our mouth, it is one of the smallest members of our body. Yet, it boasts of great things and how great a matter, a little fire, it can kindle a whole fire. It can, the tongue can set a whole nation on fire. How many of you have heard of the things that happened in Rwanda some years ago? Where over a million people died. How many of you have heard heard that story? When the Houthis, Houthis and the Tutsis fought. It was just one person who sat on radio with a small tongue. I don't even know if that he even brushed the tongue, but very small tongue. And made a statement and called one tribe cockroaches. And that was it. Over a, so many people died. Why? Because of the tongue. May God give us grace to control our tongue. I don't like your amen this morning, no. I said, may God give us grace to control our tongue. Look at verse 6. It says, and the tongue is a fire. Tell your neighbor, your tongue is like fire. Yeah. It says, a tongue, the tongue is a fire, a wealth of iniquity. So is the tongue 
among other members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire of hell. Verse 7. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. Um, Stephen, I hope you've gotten my pictures. I will ask for it very soon. But the, the Bible is telling us that every creature on earth has been tamed by mankind. From elephant to sharks to dolphins to eagles to snakes to cobras to pythons. All of them, human beings have been able to tame them. We've been able to tame them. But look at verse 8. But the tongue, no man has been able to tame. Nipe timi achi jata edina befie. Ama jata adanetse kramai. We've been able to tame lions. But the tongue remains untamed. May God give us self-control on our tongues. I don't like you. I say I don't like your image. I don't. What well, is it that what I'm preaching? You don't like it. I said, may God give you grace to tame your tongue. Amen. It says, it is an unruly evil. The tongue is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Poison. Sharper than DDT. Verse 9. With it, we bless our God and Father. And with it, we curse men. It's talking about the tongue. Who have been made in the similitude of, of God. We, we curse men who have been made in the similitude. Men who have been made in the likeness and in the nature of God. With the tongue. Even though we bless God and we praise the Father. We also curse men with, with the same tongue. Verse 10 says. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. My brethren. These things ought not to be so. San Yoma is a Nisa Verse 11. Let's go to 11. Does a spring send forth fresh and bitter water from the same opening? How many of you know what a spring is? Oh. Better, let me use just a river. Have you seen a river that when you fetch, it gives you good water, fresh water, and at the same time, it gives you bad water? Have you seen some before? All right. I thought somebody said yes. Archbishop told us a story one day. He said when he was young, they asked a the question. Who have seen a goat that is sweating before? A goat upon Then he raised his hand. Then his father gave him a knock. Cow! Verse 12. It says, can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or grapevine bear figs? Hmm? Can a fig tree bear olives? It's, it's like asking that can a purple tree bear oranges? Or can banana tree bear fish? It's not possible. Hmm? So it says, does no spring yields both salt water and fresh water at the same time. So the Bible is making us understand that the tongue is a very powerful instrument. 
Your tongue is so powerful. It's more powerful than any member of your body. Your tongue can set a whole nation on fire. Your tongue can set a whole family apart. Your tongue can create a divorce in somebody's marriage. Your tongue can make somebody commit suicide. Your tongue can make somebody go to jail. Maybe next week, God willing, I will deal with the 10th commandment. You know the 10th commandment? The 10th commandment, which refers to the use of the tongue. But it's a very, very powerful thing. So, let's look at some few things again. The tongue is hidden. When you look at everybody's face here, you don't see their tongue. Is that right? Is that correct? Am I boring you? Are you sure? All right. Maybe I'm being that I be, so I'm chopping birthdays. <laughs> but when you look at people's face, you don't see their tongue because the tongue is a hidden member of the body. But when it does, when it, what it does is that it makes a lot of impact. Its presence, the presence of the tongue has devastating power. It can have devastating power, the tongue. So, somebody doesn't need to have a big tongue to create big problems. No. It will remain the smallest member of your body. It will remain hidden, not seen. But, hey, it's a powerful thing. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23. Proverbs 21, 23. Quickly. It says, He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. Anybody who guards, anybody who is able to protect his tongue, you protect your life from calamity. He who, whosoever keepeth his mouth and his tongue, keepeth his soul from troubles. Other versions say that keepeth his life from destruction. Anybody who is able to keep his tongue well, keeps his life from destruction. May your tongue not destroy your life. Uh, I said, may your tongue never destroy your life. Amen. Number two, the tongue can be a delight or destroy. The tongue can be delightful or destructive. The tongue can express or repress. Those of you are writing, I'm slowing down so that you can get it. The tongue can express or repress. The tongue can ex- release or restrain. This same tongue, it can release people to do good things or it can restrain people from doing what they have to do. Your tongue can release a blessing. It can also restrain a blessing. The tongue can release or restrain. The tongue can enlighten or obscure. So, I'm standing here, I'm using my tongue to enlighten somebody in God's word. So, the tongue can enlighten. Without a tongue, we can't enlighten. You go to school, your teacher uses his tongue to enlighten you in a certain subject. At home, we use the tongue to enlighten our children in different ways. But the tongue can also be an instrument to obscure. The tongue can adore or abhor. The tongue can adore. Adore simply means ayeyi. It can also abhor. A bit means abba or time abba. 
it can it can abhor the tongue can offend or befriend most of the offenses people have marriage family church school work most of the times most of the times if not all the time it has to do with the same tongue the same tongue the tongue can affirm or alienate it can build or destroy the tongue can build or belittle the tongue can comfort it can comfort it can also criticize the tongue can comfort or criticize so like the choir sang a powerful song this morning your song was powerful yeah were you blessed by their song powerful song but we can encourage them with our tongue or we can criticize them and they will feel like I don't even feel worthy I feel so useless I don't even want to stand here again all is what all is what the tongue so the tongue is a very very powerful instrument in the verse we read in James chapter 3 from verse 1 to 12 James used six different pictures or he he tried to give us a picture of six different things that the tongue will help us to do or we've been able to do but yet the tongue is not able to do. So it talked about the bit in the mouth of the horse. It talks about the rudder, the ship. It talks about fire, dangerous animals. It talks about spring water, salt water or bitter water it talks about fruits only fruits and so on and so forth but because of time um steven have you gotten my pictures have you gotten it okay so i don't know in the order in which you have them but show me some of the um animals that we've been able to tame Show me some of the animals we've been able to tame. When you show the video, now this is a human being who have tamed lions. Yeah. See? The lions are hungry and are more zebra. Yeah. Mute the sound. Mute the sound. Alright. Give me give me the next one. Give me another one. This is a bear. A bear is a very wild animal. But human beings have been able to tame bears. Tame bears. Look at it. Small girl. Who's right here? But she, the bear has been tamed. It's a wild bear. But it's been reduced to a pet. Yes? Give me the next one if you have. Yeah. This is a snake. Very, very, very bad you know, this, the snake there, I'm trying to eat some, I have to get some to eat. I want to taste I want to taste it. Uh, very soon, I will taste the snake. Somebody say amen to that. Why, you are shaking. I, says, <laughs> I didn't say you eat. I said I will eat. Uh, Lady Aisha, why have you made your face like, do you know the things I'm eating? 
No, snake, I have to. I'm left with snake and dog. Yeah, I want to taste dog. I want to taste. Yeah, lion. No, lion, I don't want to eat. All right, show me the next one if you have any. Quickly. There's an eagle. It's an eagle. Eagles are not friendly animals. But you see, all these animals, we've been able to do what? I said we've been able to do what? Do you have any other one? Do you have any other animal? All right. None. Okay. So, this is what human beings have been able to do. Look at the sizes of all these animals. But there is one small thing that we are struggling to tame. That is our tongue. When you live here today, may you not lose the battle of taming your tongue. But you're coming here. You see, after everything, the Bible also talks about how we've been able to set things on fire with our tongue. Set places on fire. There are churches that have been set on fire by people's tongues. There are people who are backslided because of people's tongues. So, the tongue is powerful. Tell somebody your tongue is powerful. Patrick, can you? Don't, don't worry. The, you see, the tongue is not showing on the person's face, so you don't know the power on it. But tell the person, your tongue is very powerful. Yeah. Everybody say, my tongue. Please say it. Say, my tongue. You are powerful. But you will do good. Say, my tongue. You will not cause me trouble. You will not bring me problems. You will bring me good news. You will bring me good things. I will eat the good of this life. Because of you. My tongue. You will be my best friend. Clap your hands and say a big amen. Amen. So. Some of the things we use the tongue to do, like we all know already. But let me ask a few questions. How many people have you maimed, destroyed, or killed with your words? There are some parents you've killed the destiny of your children with your words. You've killed your fu- you've killed the future of your children with your words. Huh? Obebreu. Obebre. You've, you've killed the spirit of that child's future. So, ask yourself, if you're writing, write it down. But don't write how many people have you. Ask, write how many people have I. Maimed or killed with my words. In this church, how many people have you killed with your words? In this church, how many people have you killed with your words? Some of the things you've said to people, if you had the opportunity, will you repeat the same thing? Write it down. Ask yourself. Some of the things I've said to people in this church, 
outside, in my workplace, in my home, in my family, if I had the opportunity, will I repeat the same things? Or I will say it differently? Write this one two down. Are my kids or my children dying slowly because of my poisonous tongue? Are my children dying slowly because of my poisonous tongue? Is your tongue quick to criticize? You know, there are some people, anywhere they go, when everybody says, oh, this is nice, or this person has done well, or this one is good, that every time, they only see the negative. Have you, have you encountered such people before? No matter what everybody says, oh, this one, they, oh, Charlie, are you good? For some people, they, I know somebody who told me that he has a gift. He has a critical eye and a critical tongue. I said, what a gift. This gift, I don't like it. Gift that criticizes everything, praises nothing. People do well. You don't see it. People are doing their best. They may not be the best, but they are trying their best. And you don't encourage you there. You only see the negative. When somebody dresses, oh, Mama Innocentia, your dress is nice. Blah, blah, blah. As for the person, he there, he alone, when he comes, you say, oh, the dress is nice, but. But it's too long. I mean, are you like that? What do you lose when you, when you praise people instead of criticize? What do you lose? What do you lose when you encourage people? Would you lose anything when you encourage people? Oh, come on, talk to me, church. Well, it's like, it's like I'm offending you with my tongue. <laughs> church, I'm teaching you this because your life must get better. There are people who have lost, you've, there are people who have lost friends because they couldn't use their tongue well. There are some who have lost the men who should have married them because of how they use their tongue. There are some who have lost the women who should have married them because of the way they use their tongue. There are some who have missed people who should have employed them because of how they use their tongue. There are some who have lost great contracts, great things in life because of the way they use their tongue. How are you using your tongue? How are you using your tongue? Is somebody here with me? Oh, uh, I said, is somebody here with me? So, let's read these scriptures. Words are worse than physical blues. Words. Huh? Kasa. Sometimes, anwedin, chen kredie. Yeah. Words. They are, they are wild than physical blues. And when you see in a church, one of the things every Christian must learn to do is to speak gracious words to one another. Are you here with me? Yeah. Because look, yet Obi-Wan the problem never problem as soon Into the last thing, is everything okay over there? I can see you are enjoying yourselves, but is everything okay? <laughs> All right. But Obi Wan Ma Oba sorry no. 
No we bubu. Why emre? They feel discouraged. They feel shattered. They are broken. They are they are shredded. Their lives is in tatters. They they they, they are just hanging on a thread. Their whole life is just hanging on a thread. So they came to church, and the last thing they wanted to hear was some of the things we told them. I hope you understand what I'm talking about. The last thing they wanted to hear is, I don't know why we if, if you knew what, if what a person was going through, eh, if you had gone through half of it, maybe you would have died. Am I talking to somebody here today? Yeah. Sometimes what people go through to serve God, some of the choirs who came to stand here to sing, if some of them, if you knew what they were going through, to be singing and jumping and shouting and dancing as if nothing is happening, if you knew what they were going through, you would have appreciated them. There are times when people have come to stand here singing and because I'm their pastor, I know. I know they were extremely sick, unwell. And I see them standing there singing and I'm just sitting down praying for them. That Lord, let them finish their singing in peace and go and sit down. Somebody understand what I'm talking about? Church, are you still with me this morning? There are times when we've come to stand here to preach. And what is happening to us, only God knows. Sometimes we take medication before we come and stand here. I remember one time, that was my first encounter, and I decided that after that day, I would never give any excuse for not preaching. I was with Archbishop in the dome, in his vestry. And then whilst he was there, he stopped me. He was struggling. The whole night he hadn't slept. And he had to stay in the vestry for a long time. He had to throw up, vomited quickly, came on the stage and then preached. And when he was preaching all, I was just praying in my head that God let him go through this. Finished. When the offering was being taken, he just handed over the microphone to me, right back to the vestry. And he was preaching normal. And you were being blessed. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So what people go through to serve God, you have no idea. The least you can do is to find something commendable to commend them for it. Yeah. There are ushers who come to usher in this church who after everything, they don't even have money to take transport home. Tell your neighbor, use your tongue well. Uh-uh, one can hear. Tell the person, use your tongue well. Let's read Psalm 59 verse 7. In the amplified version, Psalm 59, verse 7, it says, Behold, they belch out insults with their mouths, sorts of sarcasm, ridicule, slander, and lies are in their lips. For who they think, for who for whom they think hear us. But this scripture is just emphasizing the point I made that words sometimes can be more painful than blows. He says, they belch out insults with their mouths. Swords. So he's referring to their tongue as a sword. Or their words are swords. That these are sorts of sarcasm. Sarcasm means that you are being being sarcastic. English for why not call it going KNUST for the Omo Brof and Anna and Tanya, correct? Lady Asha, you went to Legon. 
Yeah. Lego for bro for the anime trust it. KNUS for bro for. Are they a technical school? <laughs> eh? No, no, no. That's not sarcasm. Maybe I'll defeat here. But you know, sarcasm means being sarcastic. Okay, Kim Pafuanaba. Okay, thank you. Hey. It says you are saying something, but you mean something different. You know, sarcasm. So, hey, why you feel? In actual fact, it's right to tell you, say, why you? Is somebody getting what I'm talking about? Yeah. So, he says they belch out insult with words, sorts of sarcasm, ridicule. You ridicule people, ridiculing them. Hmm? Slander. Slander is like cutting people from behind, cutting them. Lies. Eh? He says their lips are, are in their lips. For who? They think here as so these things go on, and sometimes people can't even recover. Tell your neighbor, don't be sarcastic. Tell your neighbor, don't be sarcastic. And tell somebody, don't ridicule me, don't ridicule me, and don't ridicule anybody. Huh? Ridicule men treat you be men treat you be. Because class God won't forgive you. Look, there are things we've done to people, eh? and God watches us. And if God decides to take vengeance on us for the people's sake, we will be in trouble. Yeah. Somebody say, help me, Lord. All right. Words can reduce a person's esteem. So, and, and this is something that we need to check even on social media. There is something that is called cyberbullying. Where a lot of children are even subjected to bullying. And, you know, they are either ignored or some words are spoken at them. Some things are put at them. And they feel like, Charlie, I'm not even a human being. Are you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like somebody sings and then the person sings and shares the song. Huh? What is the other word for sharing the song? Huh? Bent offering. <laughs> yeah, let's just wash your mono. Bent offering or whatever it is. There are two things you could do. Hey, you did well. Tomorrow you'll get it better. Keep practicing. Or you could go like, hey, oh shy. Look. You understand what I'm talking about. Church, are you still with me? When people become better in life, 
and they are referring to the people who help them, who encourage them. Would they mention your name? Or they will mention you as one of the people who discourage them? Would they say that they have prevailed over you? Because would they? One can be papa and family hold that. I stand here today. There are people who discouraged me. There are people who told me God hasn't called me. There are people who told me that me, I will not become anything in life. But there were people also who saw something in me and decided to lift me up. Even when I was at my lowest, they strengthened me. Today, I look at those who spoke against me and I'm like, look, let God be true and let every man be a liar. And I look at those who encourage me and I say, thank you for your life. If not for you. And that is why you've heard me mention Archbishop several times. You've made me mention Bishop, um, Apostle Bismarck several times. The first person who gave me a microphone ever in my life to stand and preach anywhere was Apostle Bismarck. And when I do, he will tell me, come on boy, you can do it. You've done well. You've done well. You've done well. Today, are you understand what I'm talking about? So in your department, what are you doing to people? Why are you killing everybody in the department? Why are you killing everybody in church? Because they are not like you. Because they don't talk like you. Because they don't behave like you. Why do you want them to feel like they are nobodies? They are somebodies. And if anybody have discouraged you, hear me. Let every man be a liar and let God be true. If any man, if anybody have discouraged you, I stand here as your pastor and I tell you, the best is yet to come for you. God doesn't finish with you yet. If I, can I hear somebody shout a better yes? I stand here to tell you as your pastor, that though your beginning is small, your latter end you shall greatly increase. Who said you are not beautiful? You are beautiful. Who said you are not handsome? You are handsome. For you are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. It is well with you and it shall be well with you. I give you few months from today. I give you few years from today. The same people who criticize you, when they see you, they will open their mouth and mosquitoes shall enter their mouth. Somebody clap your hands and shout yes. So, encourage with your tongue. Don't hit people with your words. Don't kill people with your words. Eh? Don't beat people with your words. Don't beat people with your words. Anything you say about people, most of the times, happens in your life. Oh. Everybody here must do a self-assessment. How do I treat people in church? Do a self-assessment. Be honest with yourself. Do I talk about things that don't concern me. You need to ask yourself. In my house, one of the very interesting things, we don't discuss, any, we don't discuss church people in our house. My wife will even ask. If she's asking about somebody, then she's asking, hey, me will see me see or something. Or when I'm talking to you about somebody, it means that, oh, maybe do something or check on this person or do A, B, C, D. We don't, it's not part of my business. Or if we have to discuss somebody, then oh, the person has done something. And we have to praise the person or maybe we have to check something. No. What, what do you gain in running people down? Anytime you are running people down, it means that you are down. You are only bringing them, you are trying to bring them to your level. Nobody up 
runs people down. People who are up in life, they always lift people up. So, this attitude where you are always saying things to run people down, it is a sign that you yourself, you are down already. Don't be down there. Don't be in the gutter and pulling everybody down. Pulling everybody down. No. Be up. That is where God wants you to be and lift people up. Lift people up. When people see you, they should get encouraged. Are you understand what I'm talking about? When people see you, they should feel that, yes, I can make it. When people see you, they say, yes, that is my man. That is my woman. When people see you, no matter how broken they are, when they see you, they should have some joy in their heart. You may not give them money, but when they see you, they know that, well, it is well with my life. Can, can I hear somebody say an amen to that? That is what church is supposed to be about. Tell somebody that's what church is supposed to be. One can we are suspect. Tell somebody that's what church is supposed to be. Amen. Let's read the scripture. Proverbs 15, verse 4. Quickly, and then I'm closing. Proverbs 15, verse 4. I will continue in the second service. In the second service, I will not do the same thing. My this one, I I needed about six weeks to treat the subject of the tongue. But we are trying to box it up. So Proverbs 15, verse 4 says. A soothing tongue A wholesome tongue is a tree of life but perverseness therein is the breach in the spirit. Give me the first one. What version did you put up first? Okay, it says a soothing tongue speaking words that build up and encourage. That's the amplified version. It's a tree of life, but the perversive tongue speaking words that overwhelm and depress crashes the spirit. The one I have here says, a gentle tongue with its healing power is a tree of life. But a willful contrariness in in it breaks down the spirit. Give me Psalm 36 verse 3. Psalm 36 verse 3. Psalm 36 verse 3. It says, the words of his mouth are wickedness and deceit. The message says, words gather from his mouth dish water dirty. (laughs) Can't remember when he did anything. <laughs> Some of these versions. But it says, the words of his mouth are wickedness and deceit. He has ceased to be wise and to do good. Sometimes, sometimes, No, is that true? Yeah. You know, there's, a, there's um, an account proverb like that. There's an account proverb like this one. Because when you are even a fool and you, you don't talk plenty, people don't know. You leave people wondering whether you are wise or, you know, they don't, they're not able to tell. But when you open your mouth and you talk, talk about things that you are not supposed to talk about, everybody sees. You know. So even our politicians and other things, there are some of them we don't take them serious. True or false? Yeah, because of the way they talk. Because of the way they talk. Open your mouth, then you shoot. Poor, be one on our fire, Gaza, straight. 
fire weapons, fire weapons, fire weapons. Jai fire, you know. Why? When you open your mouth, may people's hearts be healed. Is somebody blessed this morning? Oh, I said, is somebody blessed this morning? Last scripture. Psalm 50 verse 19. You give your mouth to evil and your tongue frames deceit. Thou givest thy mouth to evil and thy tongue frameth deceit. And I, I will deal with a lion tongue later on. This one, I'm there, we are just trying to look at the tongue and its power. When time permits me, on Wednesday, I'm going to continue this teaching on Wednesday. Oh, I thought you'd be excited about that. <laughs> but I'm going to continue on Wednesday. But he says that you give your mouth to evil. So, never give your mouth to evil. Never give. Look, I'm telling you, people, some people have destroyed their own lives with their own mouth. So Proverbs says that death and life is in the power of what? Oh, church, talk to me. Death and life is in the power of what? Yeah, death and life is in the tongue. It's in the tongue. Some have killed their lives. Some have killed their finances. There's a scripture, I wish, maybe I'll get there next week or by whatever, you know, about this guy who when King Saul was dying or when King Saul died, he went to see King Saul dead and then he ran quickly to David. He knew that King Saul and David had a problem. He ran quickly to David and told David that, oh, he saw King Saul dying, you know, and then, you know, he, he helped him by killing him. So he has come to tell David that, look, I've killed your enemy for you. He thought that David would be happy because Saul wanted to kill David. And David said, ah, you, don't, you are not afraid of what you are saying. That you, you touched God's anointed. And David ordered that the man be killed immediately. And he was killed. Meanwhile, he didn't kill David. He didn't kill Saul. Saul died his own dial. No, that's it. Next week, I'll get there with you. Saul killed himself. It wasn't this guy who killed Saul. But, good face. He ran. Hey, David, <laughs> Charlie, I've finished the job for you. What is it? I've killed Saul for you. He said, ah! So, the guy's death wasn't necessary. Your tongue. Your tongue. Your tongue. You see, by the time you do that, there are people who have cursed people because they only repeated somebody's statement. Hello? Uh, hello? Are you still here with me? I said, there are people who have cursed people. Nessa assembly for the whole. Maybe. I said something to Reverend Pani about Lady Jifa that, oh, have you seen her blue dress? The blue dress cries like something, something. You know, and then Lady Jifa didn't hear it from me. Then Reverend Pani went to tell Mr. Um, Eddie, Eddie Ansa, that, oh, hey, Lady Jifa's dress. And so by the time Lady Jifa heard it, he didn't hear it from me. I started it. He didn't hear it from me. But he heard that it was Reverend Pani and Mr. Eddie. And so he maybe she decided to go to her hometown. 
Maybe she decided to go to her. Who said no go? Hey, me petrol will be out. I mean, sorry, I mean, come baby, boko. And they have baby, me pepper, shabia. I mean, the baby, I mean, come baby. Eh? And so maybe she decided, and then rain curses. Now, if the words were slanderous words, if the words were lies, unfounded about her, and she got hurt out of the bitterness, then she now pronounces curses. So the question is this Did Reverend Pani need to repeat what I said to him? I said, No. One of the things in life, eh, and we'll get there in the book of James. He says, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. If you don't learn these principles in life, eh, there are some people, their children's children have been cursed. They've come under curses because they were quick to hear and quick to talk. If everything our ear heard the mouth will speak, we wouldn't have had any nation in the world. Now, see the job we do, ministry work. You know the things we hear? You know the things we see? Sometimes when I see it, I decide intentionally that I've forgotten. Yeah, I've forgotten. I don't want to hear. I don't want to know. I don't, I don't want to repeat it. I don't want to. When it is trouble, I don't want my name to be there. When it brings blessing, I want to contribute. I pray for you today. May your tongue bring you blessings. Anybody who said amen this week, may your tongue bring you blessings. May you eat the good of your lips. Clap your hands and give God praise. Oh, if you are clapping your hands, clap it well. Are you blessed this morning? Are you sure you are blessed? Then clap your hands and shout hallelujah. All right. So bow down your head. Let's pray. Um, can we get our people ready? All right. So if you are here this morning, you say, Bishop, pray for me. I want God to forgive me my sins. I think that I need to make it well with God. I think I need to repent of something. If you are here like that, lift up your hand. Let me pray with you. But here you say, Bishop, I want God to forgive me my sins. I want to be a new person. If you're here like that, lift up one hand. Let me pray with you. Anybody here for the first time? First time? Any first time I hear? No first time I hear. Oh, I have one person here. Wow. Let's appreciate our sister with a mighty clap. My sister, please take your Bible, take your bag, and walk to me in front here. Come, 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 come. Yes, another one over there. Please put your hands together. Let's welcome them. Church, keep clapping your hands, keep clapping your hands, keep clapping your hands. Amen and amen. Thank you for coming. God bless you. Amen. We appreciate you. We appreciate you so much. God bless you. I want you to follow this dear sister. She has something to tell you and then you come back and join us. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you. Church, appreciate them with a mighty clap. Take out your second offering. Take out your second offering and take out a quality offering. Glory be to Jesus.